Let's start out by a word of prayer, please. Heavenly Father, I just ask that uh, you hide me behind you, Lord. Shine your light through me. Lord, I just want to hide behind your cross and reflect you. Help the words of my mouth be pleasing to you. Draw people to you. I just pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so uh, I was tasked with kind of telling you who I am. And when I started thinking about who I am, I really thought of several different aspects of who I am. I'm a son. I'm a husband. I'm a father and grandfather. I'm a banker. But most importantly, I'm a servant of Christ. And through looking at each of these facets, I'm going to hope to give you a glimpse of my spiritual journey and how I come to be before you today seeking your affirmation uh, for my service in the role of elder at Grace Fellowship. And I'm humbled and honored uh, to be considered for this role. As a son starting out, I grew up in a household that uh, we didn't have much Christian education or heritage in my household. Uh, my parents, um, I've later, later come to realize, and I don't know whether as a child they were believers, but certainly later in life they were believers, and I was able to help them on that spiritual journey. But early in life, um, we didn't talk about Christ in our home. We didn't have prayers except we, we did have a rote blessing at, at, at dinner time, but it was, it was more of a, a routine than, than an honoring God kind of a thing. Um, we didn't go to church regularly. My father was career military, so we moved around a lot. We were away from family, um, and we would go to church. When we did go to church, it was typically at the base chapel, and um, it was more for special occasions and things like that. Um, we really didn't have a strong Christian heritage. The other thing about my growing up was uh, my father was a borderline alcoholic, um, and he was abusive both physically and emotionally, um, especially to his oldest son, me. Um, I I could never live up to his expectations, and uh, he frequently told me how how disappointed he was in me. And as a result of this, and kind of growing up in that environment, I was very anxious to leave and, and, and left at the earliest opportunity. Because I had started school uh, overseas in England, I was a year ahead through school. And so I graduated from high school two days before my 17th birthday. And 10 days later, with my parents' signed permission, I was in the Army and on my way to basic training at Fort Dix, um, just barely 17 years old. And went through basic training, and then that was two months, and then on to advanced training at Fort Sill, Oklahoma. And I was, so I was out way far away from home um, and, and really feeling lost and not sure um, what I was doing and where I was and uh, really kind of trying to find out who I was. And one Sunday evening at, at Fort Sill, I happened to be off base um, and wandering around trying to find what I wanted to do, and it came across a little Free Will Baptist church there in Lawton, Oklahoma, who was having an evening service, and I wandered into the service. I don't know what compelled me to go in. I don't know uh, what it was, and I sat there through the message, and I don't even remember what the message was about, but I remember feeling totally convicted that what I was missing in my life was Christ, that I needed him to, to be my salvation, and um, I wound up that Sunday evening accepting Christ as my Savior. Um, and this was the kind of a church that when you walked down the aisle and you accepted Christ as your Savior, they baptized you right then. 
Um, they, they, they took me back and got me ready, baptized me. Um, and that was great because I, now I had Christ in my life. But as it turns out, I was like the seed planted on rocky soil because I was only going to be there for a few more weeks. Um, and then I wound up being shipped to Korea uh, and was in Korea for 13 months. And as, again, as a young 17, 18-year-old, overseas now, away from, away from any kind of support groups and uh, church home and things like that, I quickly fell away from Christ and fell back into the old things that I was uh, doing. The, the only difference now was every time I was doing those things, there was a conviction that I knew it was wrong. I knew that I wasn't doing what God wanted me to do. And, and I kept feeling that conviction, but it didn't draw me back to him. Even after I finished my, my service in the Army and came back home to South Carolina and was attending college, um, I was still not developing spiritually. Then I met my bride-to-be. And so as a husband, um, I also began to mature spiritually as well. Um, Lynn and I, have uh, we just celebrated last weekend our 35th wedding anniversary. Um, thank you. Thank you. It, it, was, it was Lynn that started started me back attending church regularly, and she's been the most important person in my life other than Christ um, in my spiritual walk, and she has had more influence over my spiritual growth, both directly and indirectly than anyone else. As we've been through all of the journeys that, that married couples typically go through, and we've had some ups and downs and some good times and hard times and, and all of those things. Um, it has really helped my spiritual journey. But it was one particular event involving Lynn that uh, began a little bit over 11 years ago that really um, solidified both of our uh, faith and spiritual relationship with Christ. Um, a little bit over 11 years ago on Christmas morning, uh, Lynn and I woke up, and Lynn was in excruciating abdominal pain. And um, we wound up rushing to the emergency room, even leaving presents unopened and leaving our two daughters um, to fend for themselves for breakfast and didn't know what was going on. But we wound up spending most of the Christmas Day, uh, 2004, in the emergency room. And at the end of the, end of the day, wound up with Lynn being diagnosed with... Um, with um, acute pancreatitis, and she was admitted to the hospital and put on pain medications and complete dietary rest, no food, no liquid, and they said that, that, would, that would, uh, she would recover in three to five days and we'd be able to go home inside of a week. Well, as it turns out, sometimes that doesn't happen with acute pancreatitis, and in her case, she continued to deteriorate. Um, her, her pancreas was producing enzymes that basically her body was digesting itself from the inside out. And she continued deteriorating, and within a couple of days wound up in ICU, um, had kidney failure, and was on dialysis for several weeks, respiratory failure, wound up being put on a ventilator, heart conditions, uh, a watershed stroke. As we were going through all of this, and it, it, this is about 10 days into the process, um, and she'd been in ICU now for a week, and the doctors uh, were continuing to do tests and scans and trying to figure out how to get a hold of this. Um, she's continuing to decline uh, hourly. They came to me and said, we saw something. The doctors came and said, we saw something on her latest scan that uh, concerns us uh, in her abdomen. It looks like there's a problem with her colon. Um, we can't tell for sure because we need contrast 
uh, for this scan to be able to tell clearly what's going on and, and determine whether this is something we need to operate on. But with her being in kidney failure, we can't give her the contrast because if we do, her kidneys will never recover. So, so they, they said, we, we can't do the contrast. Here's the thing. If it's what we think it is, she needs to have surgery, and if she doesn't have surgery, she'll die. But here's the other thing. It may turn out to be not what we think it is, and we may do the surgery, and we didn't need to, and because of our weakened condition, if we do the surgery, she may die. And it was at that point where they said, we just don't know what do you want to do that I realized that the, the only answer was prayer. The only thing I could do was pray and turn it over to Christ. And I did. And, and, I, and I had a strong uh, church team supporting us and a strong uh, just hundreds and hundreds of people all across the country praying for us. And, and, and I prayed. And, and once I prayed, I felt such a peace about the decision that I had to make. Right or wrong, I felt at peace about it and obviously made the right decision. Uh, Lynn did have the surgery. She did need to have the surgery. She would have died if she hadn't had the surgery. And uh, it's been a long recovery road that we're still both on. Um, but for both of us, this really, this whole event of her um, hospitalization, she wound up being in the hospital for 100 days. 40 of those days were in ICU. Um, and through that time, that was where my faith uh, really, really was solidified. As a father and grandfather, um, I'm, I'm blessed to have raised, Lynn and I are blessed to have raised two daughters who both know Christ as their Savior and are both leading godly lives. Um, Christ has helped me be the kind of father he wanted me to be, not the kind I had. That was one of the things that I really prayed to, prayed to God for was help me not, because my, my father had come from the same relationship with his father uh, of alcoholism and abuse, and I didn't want to repeat that cycle, and, God has, and, and, and Christ has helped me be the kind of father that he wanted me to be. Um, Heather and her husband, Charles, and their um, two-and-a-half-month-old son, Brady, lived just outside of Charleston, South Carolina. We got to spend last weekend with them, and he was dedicated at their church last weekend, and that was an awesome experience. Um, Christine and her husband, Brandon, and their one-year-old son, Ryder, uh, live in Greenville, South Carolina, and we're going next weekend to be with them for his first birthday party. So uh, we're excited about that, too. Um, we, we were blessed with two grandsons in 2015, and it's my goal to spoil them rotten. So... I've heard that's what grandfathers are supposed to do. Um, and, and so I'm, I'm going to live that out. Uh, but through all of this, I've been able to deepen my relationship with Christ as the spiritual head of my family. Um, and their faith and maturity honors me so much in that. As a banker, um, God has used my work to move me where he wants me to be. Um, I have nomad genes. Growing up in a military family, we moved around a lot anyway. And I had, much like uh, Cain, like Ishmael, like Moses, um, I've wandered the Carolinas in my banking career, um, always striving to be used by God where he wanted to use me and trying to follow his lead on where I should go. I do believe that he brought Len and me here uh, to Greensboro, Georgia in 2014 for a specific purpose. 
Um, he, he guided me to a terrific job here at Bank South um, and blessed us with a wonderful home in Sebastian Cove and brought us to face uh, Grace Fellowship as our church home. And uh, I believe that he has um, great things in store for us here, which brings me to my most important role in who I am, a servant of Christ. We came here, um, and, and we visited several churches, and I talked with all of, all of the pastors at the churches we visited, and I told all of the pastors um, that we were coming looking for where God wanted to use us, not just where did we want to attend church. We wanted to be used. In fact, it's not just a willingness on my part to serve, but a need to serve. Um, like Paul, I am a slave of Christ, and I really feel that I have this compelling need to, to, to serve. And I've served many roles in uh, ministries over my spiritual journey. I've worked on audiovisual teams, although I don't think I could have helped with today's problem because uh, I don't know enough about that. I've worked in deaf ministry, sang in choir, uh, small group leadership, served as a deacon. Uh, here at Grace, Lynn and I have been uh, part of two small groups, um, and I'm currently serving as the leader of one. And again, I'll put in a plug for our Sunday morning group. If you're not already connected to a small group, we'd love to have you come visit our Sunday morning group. We, we meet in room A3 um, at 9 o'clock on Sunday mornings. We have a great group that does, uh, it's a discussion-based uh, format, not a lecture-based format. I don't, I don't get up there and lecture for the whole hour. We have a great, lively discussion and input from everybody. We learn from each other and lean on each other, and we'd love to have you come visit with us if you are not already connected with a small group. Um, so that's my plug for small groups. And um, for the past, uh, Also, for the past four months, um, I've been serving as a yoke fellow with Sean Slade and with the rest of the elders, and, and I'm looking forward to what God has in store for Grace Fellowship. I believe he's got great and exciting and wonderful things in store for Grace Fellowship. And I'm, again, honored and excited to um, see how he's going to use my service um, to, this, to his glory in this, in this process. And I look forward to uh, serving him with your affirmation. Thank you.